0: Welcome back to another episode of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I am your host, Chris Swick, and on this podcast, we talk about mental health addictions, ADHD, eating disorders, whatever it is anyone's afraid to talk about. We're here to talk about it today and make people afraid to not talk about it. So let's get comfortable. Let's share everyone's story. Again, I believe everyone's story is valuable. At the end of the day, doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. You all mean something to me. And... I would please, I'm asking you all, head over to that YouTube channel from the Depths of Darkness to the Light of Success. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on those notifications. Head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, and hit that follow button. Rate that show. It really helps everyone out in the community. Shows my show to everyone. With no further ado, I'd love to introduce you from Hype Recovery Coach and Jay Bernard. You want to take it away and let them know a little bit about you, Jay?
1: Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show, Chris. I really appreciate what you do at uh, breaking the stigma when it comes to the conversations that people need to be having, especially now, February 11th, 2022, I'll be celebrating 14 years clean and sober. And for the latter part of that whole time, I, I've been a mental health advocate loud, proud, using my voice for the voice, and, and most importantly, using my voice to help myself out, because that's what it's about. It's about helping ourselves. And, and when we can help ourselves, we can truly help other people. So 14 years ago, I got clean and sober. I took this journey of unknown. I never knew what it was because I never went into it. I never got clean and sober. This is actually the first time I ever got clean and sober, the first time I ever went to treatment, first time. And, and, and luckily enough for me, I survived what I went through to be where I am today, to tell my story, to help somebody that's sitting at home that might not, that feels alone, that feels scared, that feels full of shame, feel like full of guilt. What I find is when we share our stories, the ones that, like myself, you're going to hear your story eventually if you listen long enough. And as long as we keep sharing our stories, that person at home that feels alone is going to hear their story and they're going to reach out and ask for help. And, and to me, that's breaking stigma. And that's, that's how we help uh one another and that's how we help ourselves so i got a life that i had never thought possible really in 14 years like i would never guess i would never guess the amount of things that have happened in my life since i got clean and sober from graduating school to becoming a chef to becoming a celebrity chef to opening a restaurant in my own town to creating, opening up my own food processing company, to creating my own food line, to getting that food line across Canada, getting it international, becoming an award-winning business, to now launching a mental health platform that I've had a dream to do ever since I got into recovery, which is called hypercover Coaching, and now becoming a two-time author, soon to be three-time author of uh, three books. So <clears throat> yeah, life is absolutely amazing.
0: And that's amazing. All the things that you've accomplished, especially what you can accomplish. It's crazy what you can accomplish when you put your mind to it, but it's even crazier what you can accomplish when you get sober too, doing things that you never thought you would have been doing and stuff like that. That's amazing, man.
1: Yeah, it's just, you just, the interesting thing about it is it's, you get this belief in yourself, right? Like you start getting this belief in the self love and the self confidence and this, once you get rid of the selfishness, self centeredness, ego, and all that stuff that, you know, is in front of the, that's when things really truly open for you. The kindness, the love, and the compassion that one gives to themselves. But then that kind of, it, it goes out to other people. And I, I, I just wanted to break my voice to help other people and, you know, do whatever I possibly could do even Ashley and I the recovery couple so Ashley and I have a TV series on Shaw Ashley's 28 months clean and sober on the 9th of this month and we share about our recovery as a couple together and it's we started doing that at well, Ashley was 7 months we we're 2 months together February 17th will be 2 years together so basically our whole entire relationship has been <coughs> out on the social media platforms on how to have recovery. And I skated away from dating women in recovery. I really did. I had, a, I had an experience when I first got into recovery and it was just a mad competition of what step are you on? How many meetings are you going to? How much God do you have? How much this? Uh, it was just this massive competition all the time. And I was like, boy, I do not want to be with somebody like me. I don't want I don't want to do that. So then I dated women that weren't like me. But the problem with that was is they never understood me. So they couldn't really truly understand who I was. It could get to a certain level. But when we talk about anxiety and depression, if you don't have anxiety and depression, you don't understand why. If if you can't get out of bed some days, some people don't understand that, right? Like I've i been knocked right down where I can't get out of bed from depression in in the past. And my anxiety so high that I can't go into places and and I'm going to stay in the car while you go shopping. And they don't understand that. How can they if they don't have it, right? And that's the thing about mental illness, right? You you can't see it. So people don't understand. it. It's not like a broken arm or a broken leg or a broken neck or a broken back or a black eye. You can see those things. So the main part about mental illness is sharing about it nonstop and continuously sharing about it. And it, with the partners I was with at the time, they tried to understand me as best they could. But, you know, there's always some kind of flaw. And then Ashley came into my life and and... I get Ashley and Ashley gets me. And I said to myself, I'd never date anybody in recovery ever again. And it's the best thing that's ever happened to me on a level of being together and truly not feeling alone with somebody. I always felt a piece of me alone when I was with other people that weren't like, like me. I truly don't feel alone because I'm able to share about everything. And she understands, and she's able to share about everything. And I understand it more times before she knows it, I get it. And she knows what I'm going through before I know what I'm going through, which is the beautiful thing about recovery. And we've, we've created a TV series and just shared about how two people can fall in love in recovery when a lot of people think that two people in recovery can't get, which is amazing. And it's amazing to see that people can fall in love and recovery and have an amazing life. So that's one part of
0: it. That's amazing, though, like how you guys can fall in love and see love blossom to what it is today with your Hype Recovery coaching program and the Recovery Couple brand that you've created on social media. It's amazing to see those things, Jay. And and I love seeing that connection that you and your lovely girlfriend or partner have with one another. So just keep that love going, man. It's all about love, compassion. Helping one another, like Jay says, everyone. Where can they find you guys, though, on social media? What are some of the handles?
1: So you you can find us on Facebook. The Recovery Couple, Ashley and I, usually go live on uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday nights. Tonight, we're going to go live because she was working last night. But uh, tonight, I think, is a live 96 or 97, 97 time. 97 weeks in a row, we've gone live on Facebook, on our Facebook page. And we just talk about mental illness. We pick a topic and we talk about where we are and what we're going through and what tips we use to get us through it and what we use that didn't work for us. You can find us there. You can find us on TikTok, Hype Recovery Chef. I'm over there making a lot of hype. I like to hype people up over there. So you can find me there. You can find me on Instagram, Hype Recovery coaching and also the recovery couple also on clapper if you use clapper hyper recovery coaching the hyper recovery coaching there also those are the platforms i'm not hard to find we did launch hyper recovery coaching october 18th which i'm super excited about because it's been a dream of ma ever since i got clean and sober to create a program there's so many amazing programs out there to get up get help so many amazing programs from aa to na to ca to if you go see a counselor psychiatrist for me though i needed to take it to the next level i needed to take it to the next level and When I talk about next level, it's the six things that I truly believe that help us maintain recovery, which is thinking thoughts, patterns, triggers, series of events, and boundaries. We, in the Journey to 30 book that we just got in the Journey Journal... We just got, that program goes hand in hand, The Journey to 30, which is a six-week program where you get with a hyper recovery coach. We're already international. 400K times we've been hashtagged. The website's been hit over a quarter million times. Nine, 16 people are taking the program right now from all across the world, not just Canada. So Australia, UK. So we're able to reach people also because we created an ebook. So I wanted to reach people all across the world because of the pandemic and knowing that meetings sometimes close down. Some people don't want to go to Zooms. Lots of people like to do the one-on-one thing. So I had really? this idea ever since I was two years clean and sober. I had I had worked AA and NA and had a sponsor and done the steps and and got a really understanding of the twelve steps and I wanted to take it to the next level from right, right there. Like the 12 steps taught me about the powerlessness and the unmanageability and and coming to believe, finding higher power and inventory, character defects, making amends, giving back. That's what I learned from the 12 steps. But what I didn't get out of the 12 steps was the thinking, the thoughts, the patterns, the triggers, a series of events and the boundaries. So I wanted to create something that. Gave me that because those six things truly are what take us to wherever we're going. So I identify as an addict and an alcoholic, but I know that it's my thinking that takes me to the drinking. I know it's my thoughts that take me to the drinking. I know it's my patterns that take me to the drinking, right? So if I have negative thinking and negative thoughts, that equals negative patterns. Always the same patterns. But if I have positive thinking, positive thoughts, I have new patterns where I'm creating new memories to last a lifetime. Uh, So those old patterns that I'm used to doing, which is called insanity, repeating the same mistake over and over again, but expecting different results, always getting the same pattern. But in my mind, hoping I'm going to get a different pattern, but I always get the same pattern because I don't change anything. Nothing changes. So (sighs) positive thinking, positive thoughts equal new patterns, which you're creating new memories to last a lifetime. Those new patterns now. Because of all the old patterns, people get triggered on certain days because of events and series of events that have happened to them in their life. So if I was drinking on, say, a Christmas Eve, and I come and I'm clean and sober on Christmas Eve, and I'm wondering why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, and I don't really look at why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, I'm clean and sober Christmas Eve, but I got just canoed on, just shit-faced on Christmas Eve the year before. I might be getting triggered by not identifying or looking at that. So then all of a sudden I'm sitting there all day in discontent, uh, unhappy, sad, mad, right? All these things. And I don't know why I have to look at my patterns. Like my, what did I do last year compared to this year? So now I got to create that new memory for that new Christmas Eve. So next year christmas eve i come back i go okay i had a great memory this christmas eve that christmas eve wasn't so good that one i don't want to go back so when i'm creating new memories i'm able to bank in the bank of jay or bank in the bank of chris or bank in the bank of ashley so all i have this investment in banking in myself so that i'm able to take a look at all that stuff now i'm able to move forward in a positive direction now i'm able to accept things now i'm able to forgive Myself, right? The thing is, in order to maintain recovery for myself, I had to forgive myself for things that happened to me that necessarily I didn't ask. So getting beat beat by a shovel to almost at three years old, I didn't ask for that. I didn't ask to get beat by a shovel. But that had kept me sick for a long time because I had resentments against why I got beat by a shovel. Because I had the resentments, that would trigger my thoughts and my thinking, which then would lead me to patterns, and then I'd go out drink and use the I had to forgive. I had to give myself permission, allow myself to forgive in order to accept and let go. I have to do that for me, even if it's happened to me and it is as hard as it is and as hard as that pill is to swallow. If I want to maintain and have maintenance in recovery for 24 hours, that's what has to happen, right? Like you have to let go of these things because a lot of people sit in the past, right? Like a really good coach. A really good coach is going to get with you, listen to you, and hear you. So most times people, they're always looking for their questions. They're already answering the questions that they want. They just don't know it. So a coach is going to listen to you and have the questions come back at you. But you're actually going to answer your own questions. And that's when you have the Baja moment. The baha moments is a good coach that listens to you. Also doesn't do the work for you, right? So I'm not an enabler, right? I'm not going to enable you and do the work for you because now you can manipulate me. Right now, you can manipulate me in a way that you want to do the program the way you want to do the program. That's, that's boundaries, <laughs> right? Like, we, we could talk about boundaries for years here. Boundaries are important. And so that was, like, the whole understanding into year two when I went into year two. I got a relationship coach, and not on how to learn how to re- have a relationship with other people, but how to have a, a relationship with me. I didn't know I didn't know how to sit with myself. I didn't know how to sit with my thoughts. I didn't know how to do anything by myself. I always had to have, I always had to be moving. I couldn't just sit here with Chris and, and just be quiet for 20 minutes. I couldn't do that. I didn't know how to do that. There's too much, there's too much noise going on in the world of my mind. And um, I didn't know how to stop. I I didn't know how to stop that. So I got with a relationship coach for the first two months, a year or two, that really gave me the tools, right? Gave me the tools to learn how to sit with myself, learn how to do things by myself, learn how to go for a drive, learn how to go for a walk, learn how to go in a boat and be by myself in the middle of the lake and, and not have to think about everything in life. Just be, right? Be happy and be, right? and at the end of the and i remember a lot of people were like jay why are you paying for your recovery hey it's my recovery so i want to pay for my recovery because i own it <laughs> i will pay for my recovery right that's the thing well you can go to all these places for free i said I get it. Those places are always going to be there for me. I can always go to those places. I want to take it to the next level and I want to get these. So then I found myself explaining myself and I got myself out of that and went, you know, I'm, this is my recovery. If I want to go do this, I'll do this for myself to become a better. And then at the latter part of that year, so the last four months of year two, I actually got with a recovery coach and spent 1400 bucks on a recovery coach that year. I, I invested in the bank of J 2100 bucks in different coaches, investing in Jay. So the way I looked at that was, well, how did you maintenance your using, Jay? <clears throat> you always had to go buy or sell. As a drug dealer, you always had to have your stuff in order to be maintained. How am I going to maintain and maintenance my recovery? However, I do that, right? So for me, I went and invested in things that gave me the life I have today. And through having that recovery coach, I learned. Some more tools, some more things, some more topics, some more getting deeper, some more, and, and then into year three, that's when I uh, started creating hype. I didn't have the material back then. It was all right here. And I was calling it help, hype, help my personal effort. So for year three, I was really helping my personal effort. Like I need to help my personal effort with everything that I learned in year three. Recovery is all about changing.
0: Right? hundred percent.
1: hundred percent. We 100%, 100%. need to change in order to get what we want in
0: life. Or else you saying it's all about investing in yourself. It's investing in yourself to become a better human. And that's what it's all about, man. Like you said earlier, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results. Well, you're not going to get different results if you keep doing that same thing over and over, everyone. That is for damn sure. Trust me. If I went to the crack house every day expecting a different result, well, I ain't getting that. If I went to the beer store every day expecting a different result, well, I'm just going to get drunk. It's the same result.
1: it doesn't matter even if even if you're a person that gets clean and sober and you don't decide to do any work the inevitable sometimes happens so if you're not changing your thinking thoughts patterns trigger a series of events and boundaries eventually after i started working that year three i started calling it hype so help your personal effort i wanted to go help your personal effort and then i became a motivational speaker and started speaking all across canada sharing my story and getting booked and selling out big events and sharing all about my my life. But the, the one thing I never had was the actual physical roadmap. The physical roadmap of my recovery. This is what I've done to stay alive, to change, to grow, to be the human being I am today, to have the love, compassion, kindness for other people, to understand that yeah, I identify as an alcoholic and an addict, but it wasn't the drugs and alcohol. It was my thinking. I had a thinking problem. My thinking led me to undoing the bottle. My thinking led me to calling the drug dealer. My thinking led me to Then my thoughts triggered my thinking. Then my patterns. I went that way anyway, so let's go out. Then my triggers. Then my series of events. What happened that day? That's what I'm going to do. Then I didn't even know what boundaries were. Because I didn't have any boundaries, I was calling the drug dealer and I was going to the liquor store. So the first real boundary, seriously, that you have to put in place when you get clean and sober is, I'm clean and sober. I need to have a boundary from alcohol and drugs. And while I have that boundary from alcohol and drugs, I have to grieve the loss of what was so important to me at one time because it's true i i had these two things that numbed me out and and put masks on me so i didn't have to look at me and that i could run away and not deal with life well i have to grieve the loss of that like i have to grieve the loss of what was what is going to be and so i i just i for the latter part of 12 years I have been everywhere and anywhere you can possibly think about sharing my story helping thousands of people with this program the only difference today from then is I actually have physical material physical roadmap physical work that you sit with me my coaches October 18th we launched I, I built a team of five people. <sighs> Including me, we have 72 years of combined sobriety. I, I decided to when I did this. I went to the guy that I, I lived with in second stage living at Honeywell <sighs> Liberty House. He's got 35 plus years clean and sober. He's a relapse prevention specialist. He's been in the field for years. He's helped so many males, and he was a mentor to me. He, he kind <clears> of <throat> he taught me. He taught me about the thinking and the thoughts. He taught me about the boundaries. He taught me about relapse. Right. A lot of people, I've done 83 consultations in the last, I'm almost, almost one a day, a consultation for, you know, a place that just opened up. is crazy that people are already finding out how fast we're here, but it just tells me how much more the world needs help. And this isn't just Canada. This is people calling me from all over the world. And when I'm in the consultation, I say, Hey, explain to me what a relapse is. And 99% of the people say I used the end result of a relapse, is you pick up whatever it is you're picking up. The truth is, I relapse every single day. That doesn't mean I drink or use. I relapse on thinking, thoughts, patterns, triggers, series of events, and boundaries every single day. So while I'm doing that and not aware of that or identifying with that, that is leading me to the inevitable, which then I say, Fuck it, I'm going to pick up because that's all I know my old patterns to do. And that's when the self-sabotage, the guilt, the shame, the remorse, the beating up of yourself, all that stuff comes in, and then you pick up. Right? Most people think a relapse is, I used. That's, that's not true. That is not true. All of us, every single one of us, if you want to get as honest as you can be with yourself in your recovery, we relapse on thinking. I kicked my foot. Fuck my foot. Bad behavior and bad talk to myself. Now I'm in a negative spot. (laughs) Just from a foot. I stubbed my toe. That hurt. Ouch. Yelling, screaming, swearing. Negative talk to myself, which puts me into negative thinking, negative thoughts, old patterns. I know how to kill this pain. It's true. It's so interesting to me. Not that I wasn't involved in this for the last 12 years I was, but today I'm truly like entrenched in... Doing programming and working and talking with people on all different levels. Hypercovery coaching takes people in from all different levels. It doesn't matter if you're still drinking or if you got 20 years clean and sober. If you want help, you can come to us and we work with you. Like It's unrealistic for me to say to you, stop drinking today if you're drinking. And I don't have a treatment center for you to go to. That's
0: unrealistic. But what we can do is we can work towards you to stop <laughs> drinking if that's what you would like to <laughs> drink, So everyone, please go check out Hype Recovery Coaching if you need that help today, man. Jay has an amazing program out there and stuff. A little bit about cutting people out. Have you had to cut toxic people out of your life for you to be become sober and be sober? Absolutely. So that falls right into boundaries, right? So boundaries are
1: just that, right? I had a toxic relationship with my father because I allowed him to do things to me. not he didn't do them to me. I allowed him to do them to me. So in my recovery, I own everything, even the stuff that I wasn't able, that wasn't my doing. Back when I was a young kid, I have to still own that in order to maintain my recovery. I have to. It's it's sad, but it's true. That's how you get. That's how you get the concrete. But <clears throat> yeah, I had to I had a toxic relationship, I had a name change at the age of uh, eight. Uh, you know, so I failed grade three. I was Jay Corey. So it was a two, three class. The twos moved to three. I failed. I went into the threes. So I was Jake Corey in grade three there in 88. And then in 89, I was Jay Barnard. There's a remarriage. And so my father, and then he disowned me for till I was 15. And then the relationship was that I sold drugs and he held drugs. for me. that was the relationship with my father and I. Over the course of using and, and then over the course of getting clean and sober through the relationship coach and the recovery coach, this is what he had told me, the recovery coach said, Jay, you're, you're at a fork in your life. And, and sometimes in your recovery, you must set up boundaries, even if they're family members, because you allow, you allow that stuff to come into your life. So if he's a psychopath or whatever, toxic people, we allow that stuff to come into our life and it affects us. Not so much as them because they move on to the next person and toxify that person. So uh, I was allowing this stuff to come into my life, allowing this stuff to come into my life. And, and the relationship would never change. But, you know, the relationship would never change. It was always the same or getting worse. Ten years ago, I put a boundary up and haven't talked to my father. And tough decision. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's never really been there for me anyway. So why should I have somebody in my corner that as a father beats you up? Right. And for my own recovery, I have to do that for myself. So even I also have boundaries with people that I use, use with. They know the door's always open to ask for help. They know that if they need help, they can call me at any time. I'm not going to a crack house or a heroin shoot, which that ain't, but they can call me anytime. But when you put those boundaries and you get those toxic people out of your life, that's truly when you find compassion, love, and kindness for yourself, right? That means you're taking care of yourself. You're detoxifying the toxic people out of you, right? It's just like detoxing the booze, right? And the drugs. You have to detoxify the negative people that are in your life because most of us in active addiction, that's all we know is negative.
0: Negative thinking, negative
1: thoughts, people,
0: negative patterns. And that's why I can count usually on one hand how many true friends I have. I had to cut so many people out and it was for the better. It was for the best. It was the best thing for myself too. I don't need to hang around people that are using. I don't need to be hanging around people that are doing those types of things. Today I can go out to a bar or listen to live music and be fine with it and drink a pop and make sure everyone gets home but has had a few drinks and I'm okay. Booze, like you said, was never the problem. It was me. As long as I can control me, like you said, and control my thoughts, my actions, if I'm uncomfortable, I'm able to leave. I have that choice, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, but I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin now and I know my limits and I know what I can and can't do and what I can and can't be around. But if I choose to surround myself with those types of people, I'm going to go right back to it. So I choose today not to surround myself with the old people that Chris used to hang out with in the background anymore, you know? They have no place in my life anymore, and that's my choice. Those are what boundaries are. No, it's true, though. But ask. When you you get off here, go ask your people about boundaries. They don't even know what the word
1: means. (laughs) It's crazy because we don't know. We don't know what boundaries are. You don't have a boundary in place with your kids. What's going to happen? They're going to take control of you. You're not going to have boundaries with your girlfriend. What's going to happen? Ashley knows. Recovery comes first. Ashley knows. You take care of your recovery, I take care of mine. That comes first. If me and you don't have that, me and you don't have each other. That's the bottom line. You take care of your recovery, I take care of mine. You don't want to come to see me for a while because you need to get better? I understand. That. I'm here all the time. If I'm over here working on me, I need to work on me. That's the truth. And and that's how you 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 maintain and, and have recovery, right? Like I'm the same way. I can go out and be around people. I understand that I'm the alcoholic, not the people. I can hang around people that drink. I'm not... <laughs> I can pack up and leave in my truck at any time. I don't have to stay anywhere. I don't have to be anywhere. I don't got to, I have no commitment to anybody but myself to get clean and sober, to stay clean and sober and carry the message to the next person. But at the end of the day, I can do those things because I understand that it's my thinking. I understand it's my thoughts. I'm not going to go sit in a crack house. That's not what I'm going to do. But I can go to live music. I can go to restaurants. I can go to places. I can go to this. I can go to that. I don't have. I don't have the anxiousness that some people have driving down a road and passing a house, or, you know, what I'm saying. I talk to people all the time. Well, I can't go down that road. That's where I used to pick up. We should probably take a look at that. And why is that? Why is that? Because it's deeper than I'm going to pick up, right? Like <clears throat> reservation. A lot of people have reservations coming into. To recovery, maybe I'm going to be able to drink and use again, and some people can. Some people successfully go, and all of a sudden they do. And I've seen people do it. For me, I can't. I, I'm I have to be completely abstinent from everything in order to have the life that I want to have today. For me, that's what works. Uh, that's a beautiful thing about life. There's so many different options out there for people to get the help that they need. So don't think if somebody's telling you you got to do it this way, that's not true. Or you got to
0: do it this way. That's not true. Your recovery is your recovery at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. I don't go to meetings myself anymore. And I don't need to listen to those people that still go to meetings. Hey, you need to do this. This is the only way. No, it's not the only way to do it. I enjoy doing my podcast. That's one of the things that keeps me clean. Going to work every day with the people that I'm around. Being around my fiance. Those types of things. Those are the things that keep me clean. The people that push me and, and give me that drive every day are the people that help keep me clean. It's not the rooms of N.A. or the... You know, they did help me get clean. Yeah. But it's not, so it's going to help me stay clean. I'm not, I, I don't have them 24-7.
1: They didn't want to be, I, I didn't want to become a a, meet, a meetings junkie. I didn't want to be that guy that had to go to 24, like, all of a sudden I'm anxious because I haven't been to a third meeting today. I, I, I wanted, I got in recovery to have a life, live a life, and be a life. That's why I got in recovery. I was chained down enough with my addiction. I didn't want to be chained down with the fact that I had to do, and, 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 right? I wanted to have a life. Be a life and go have life. That's what I wanted.
0: And that's what I got. You know, I mean, and as long as I don't cut myself and remember the people, places, and things, I will stay clean. You know what I mean? If I put my head down at night clean, I know I'm waking up clean. So I know I don't have a train wreck to fix when I get up in the morning. Those types of things. We're going to have arguments. You're going to have those types of things with your loved ones or with people in life. But it's all about using those tools in your tool belt and how what you were taught. to get through the, those moments. And life isn't all peach and cream. No, and it's
1: also truly about adding more tools to your tool belt over the years of being clean and sober. So the more tools you got, you just your arsenal of being clean and sober and creating a better life for yourself just gets better and better. So that's what I have done. I have done that, and I continue to do that, and I will continue to do that. I, there's been times in my recovery where I became stagnant, and that did not feel good. Feeling stuck and stagnant did not feel good. I started start beating myself up, and I started becoming that that negative person and I know the reason is because I'm not moving forward or growing right as human beings we're supposed to grow we're supposed to change we're supposed to be better that's what's supposed to happen so you you have to have new tools in your tool belt or a new set of shoes on your feet in order to do that you go buy a pair of new shoes when your feet when your shoes get too big You should. I suggest that maybe some tools that you have might be getting rusty and old in your recovery, so you got to dust the rust and take the rust off. Get some new tools to jazz up or hype up your recovery.
0: (laughs) One last question for you, Jay, before we head off. But why is beauty associated with morality?
1: Why is beauty associated with morality? That's a good. The beauty inside of people that when you get clean and sober, because we don't see the beauty in ourselves when we're you know in the darkness right the depths of darkness you don't know, see yourself as the beauty and i think we're all just beautiful people that are going towards that And when you see the beauty inside yourself that's really when things start but it usually isn't us that see it i usually somebody saw it in me before i saw it but because that person saw it in me before i saw it they gave me the hope that i could see it in myself so the beauty inside of that one every single human being out there is beautiful in, in some sort of way it's true we all have challenges and stuff going on in our lives doesn't make us all bad people. We've done a whole bunch of bad things. It doesn't mean we're bad people. We just got to give ourselves time and love, compassion, and kindness to, to figure ourselves out and be who we are. And through that, we get on this, this amazing journey of life. That's how I look at it. A journey, right? I look at it as a journey. The brightness of today, the brightness of the future is in today. Brightness of the future is in today. The green light right now is with you. Nothing ten minutes ago is gone. Right? Yes, I can hear it and listen to it in 14 days or whatever. But (laughs) coach.com That's where you're gonna find us. You got uh, we got everything going on there. Ashley and I are raising money to uh, build our dream to uh, have a treatment center here in Cornwall, Ontario, which is exciting. Through the swag, so 100% of the money from the swag goes to building our dream to, be, uh, to have a treatment center here in Canora, Ontario. Uh, we've raised 1200 bucks so far in the last six months, which is amazing to me that it takes a lot of swag to get profit. We've raised $1,200 uh, in the last six months through the Pink Nation swag, which is on www.hypercoverycoach.com Also, we have Hypercovery gear that you can buy 100% of the profits uh, from that go to the treatment center. A uh, portion of Books sale that are up on Amazon right now, which is in, is on www. dot com, are going to our Dream to Build a Treatment Center. We also partnered up with a company out of Ottawa called Firebox Glass. So I wanted to create something that was really memorable when you go through our programming and sessions, and you transition. Uh, a girl by the name of Simone, who who called me Chef Recovery. I was calling myself the Recovering Chef back in 2008. She said, "No, Jay, call yourself Chef Recovery." And I said, Chef Recovery. I can brand that. So she, she really got me started in that avenue. She was a pastry chef. Her sister, uh, Susan, is a person that's visually impaired and a person with autism. I've always wanted to do work with her and her family. So we partnered up with them. They create beads. They have handmade beads uh, that Susan does. And it's about opening an opportunity for the visually impaired and personal autism. So when you go through our Journey to 30, which is a six-week program, at the transition of that, I don't like to call it depletion, because what do we really complete? If you feel completed, then you're done. So I'll be completed when I die, but until they am transitioning to be a better person. So we give you uh, a journey bracelet and six beads. Every single one of the beads are handcrafted by Susan, and they each have a color that is dictated to each session. The journey to 90 is a necklace with 12 beads, and then the, which is a 12-week program, and then the journey to 180, which will be the latter part of summer, uh, it's a 24-week program where you get the bracelet and the necklace. Uh, so I wanted to create something that you know would last a lifetime. But you look at your, you look at your beads and you understand thinking, thoughts, patterns, series, of events, triggers, and every single day you can see that and you can be reminded by that. And it's pretty cool to have a bracelet on that somebody as as amazing as Susan, who's visually impaired and person with autism, that is amazing. amazing part in the talk. It's so important to, to help everybody, everybody.
0: Help. Thanks again, Jay, for coming on the show, man. And please, everyone head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, hit that subscribe notification buttons, leave a review for the show. It really helps push the show out there organically. And that's what I'm doing or growing this community organically around me. That's what it's all about. Anyways, I hope you all have a great rest of the day. I hope you have a great rest of your day too, Jay. Take Thanks, care. Brother.